your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Thursday of Lacrosse Talk PM. Maybe the last nice day of summer. <laughs> <laughs> Is it still summer? Yeah, it feels like. I mean, it kind of feels. I, I guess like it doesn't look like summer, but when you go outside and you don't have to wear shoes and you can wear shorts and. I think summer forfeits its rights once it snow happens. Once snow happens, it's fall. Wait, no, well, that's fall. Once fall forfeits its rights, once snow happens, and then it's winter. What are you talking about? Ah, uh, well, I don't know. I feel. I, I don't know. I guess up here it feels colder sooner than what I'm used to. 608-785-7914. Say it real fast because the guy already said it. But that's Spencer Wilkins. She's the UW Lacrosse uh, Outreach Specialist. I had to think for a minute. And she is we're, she's in here today because a couple of days ago, Bill Nye, the science guy. Bill, 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 <laughs> Bill. He, he was at Winona State. So I wanted to bring her in and talk about what that was like. And um, in a couple of minutes, I'm going to bring another person on, Matt Drucker, who is a He's a teacher. I, I'm, he might even be physics pro, teacher. He might even be a professor because he teaches at Rochester Community Tech, but he's also at Mayo High School. Uh, he's a physics and engineering teacher, um, and a pretty good volleyball player. He's a friend of mine. But uh, he was also at Bill Nye, the science guy, went on a state. Okay, so Je- before we bring Matt on, Spencer, you were there. I was there. Je- did you have? Did they? Did they give you good seats? Oh, literally front row. It was awesome. I've never seen an audience more animated about graphs and just basic science. I mean, this crowd was, as the kids say, lit. Now, does he do? What is he doing? Like a PowerPoint? Oh, yeah, yeah, I oh, did. No, Bill, no it was like a really like fancy PowerPoint. Yeah. And I know this is going to be super minor, but I don't know how he was clicking through the slides. I, I didn't see it. It was like magic. It was just moving so naturally with his talk. It was, it I mean, was like watching been, magic. He's been doing this so long. He probably has a whole team. Does he Does he have like a, you know, a third base coach in baseball does the single signals uh-huh. to, uh, to steal or to take a pitch or to hit and run? I mean, he um, might have it down to the word. I mean, he might have someone back there clicking. Cause yeah, they know exactly the magic. sentence. Here's the sentence that Bill's going to read. I don't know. But then that would be really rehearsed. Because well, I feel like he's got to be off the cuff a little bit, right? He was. And, and even if it was rehearsed, you couldn't tell. I mean, it, he is a natural speaker. He's definitely earned all of the love he gets. I mean, it was just phenomenal to watch. So the the presentation was at McCown Gymnasium on Tuesday? Monday. Was it on Monday? No, it was the, Tuesday. Yeah. McCown first. Gymnasium at the Winona State Campus. Now, McCown Gymnasium is a place when I was in Winona, the men's basketball team was winning national titles or losing. So the the gym was packed when I used to go there for basketball games. What was the gym like when Bill Nye, the science guy, (laughs) totally different, you know, like basketball, men's basketball, they kind of had a dynasty for a while. And now we have like, you know, TV science star that that, that's kind of faded, right? Like Bill Nye, the science guy was really popular years ago, and he's, I mean, he's not as popular as he once was, but he's still, you know, probably, in terms of science, it's it's Bill Nye, and then it's uh, Neil, deGrasse Tyson. Neil deGrasse Tyson, and is there a third? Um, I think there's, Someone, nothing comes to mind, and so I think there's a lot of third place. Spencer Wilkins. Sp- yeah, we need Spencer, Spencer to be, and you know what, we kind of need, we need a woman in this field, right? Like, is there, I know, I follow some. I, there's I follow, the PBS Physics Girl on YouTube. YouTube. Um, mm-hmm. She does a lot of home experiments, and yeah. she's got a pretty religious following. So yeah. we've we've changed the dynamic because Bill Nye, the science guy, popular TV show, mm-hmm. 
and and we've kind of I've lived through that. Like that was a little after my childhood, but I I could experience it and understand it with my nephews and stuff. Um, but we've changed. T- we we don't do TV shows so much anymore as we're TikTok videos, and so we have TikTok science stars, TikTok and, and science. I follow a lot of those people. But anyway, okay, just general impressions before we bring Matt on. General impressions of, and then, you know, just what what was he talking about? Well, uh, to answer the first question, there were about 2,400 people in this gymnasium. It was packed, so even if students hadn't seen Bill Nye in a bit or hadn't watched his new show, didn't matter. They were excited to be there. I actually had the chance to go around and talk to a lot of the attendees, most of whom were business students and nurses, uh, I mean, like a big majority of yeah, because this adults. Do yeah. you feel like it was mostly adults? I mean, oh, actually, no. I met a seven-year-old um, who <laughs> was there, who was just excited to Bill Nye, and he had the same experiences. They still watch him in class. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, there was a sixty-four-year-old who was there and had you know seen him in class and had taught with Bill Nye using the TV. So uh, it was a wide variety of people there. Uh, overall, really excited. The main topic was climate change and activism. And changing the world, um, and how individuals can get involved. In changing yeah, because the world. what his it was called unstoppable harnessing science to change the world. Mm-hmm. No big deal, just just that. But obviously, that's how we we do need to to change the world. Um, is it was it doom and gloom or was it positive? Because when you talk climate change, it's hard to be positive because there's always it just seems doom and gloom when you talk climate change. I think he took sad data. The data is not happy, uh, but made it optimistic. Like, there's still a chance. And I, I think he acknowledged the realism in the room that there is a chance if we act. And I think he, he was trying to capitalize upon that. And he was talking to a mostly collegiate-level audience, and I think there is a lot of optimism in voting for college students when it comes to climate change. Or maybe not. I just I feel like we, we, he capitalized on that and, and showed the science and translated very rudimentary, ruda, um, simply and, and got the audience excited about it. Yeah, when when he does a presentation like that on a campus, and the people that are going to go see him, he's it's not there's no controversy there. There's not people that are be like, mm, I don't believe this guy. It's I don't know. It, w- it would be nice though for people that are skeptics to go and listen. And I don't know. Do you think do you think he would have made a skeptic uh, realize like, oh yeah, this does make sense? Um, I would say that is a Sisyphean task. It is truly difficult. So I don't know. But I do know that I got a chance to talk to a lot of the students that are nurses, and I know they're going to have that same problem in their, um, their you know, doctor's rooms in, like, four years from now. And so I hope he at least inspired them to tackle that challenge when it does come. I think if he was – he knows his audience too, right? He's mm-hmm. coming to a presentation, and he knows that these are science nerds like yourself. Nerds are geeks. Nerds, right? Nerd, like, yeah, like straight Science nerds. nerds like yourself going to see him, so he's going to t- – tailor a presentation like that mm-hmm. to that audience i i mean if you, hey i want all the skeptics it would be kind of interesting if, if somebody said hey i want all the skeptics to come um but he did a presentation and then he did uh after that he had like a q a q a what was that like uh so they actually pulled in questions from the audience and i got to hear him i mean he's just so fun and he's such a natural speaker and he got asked questions like you know what inspires you to focus on climate change and what were you like as a kid um just questions from the audience, and there was a moment when one of the, uh, it was supposed to be moderator, like, questions alone own, only, but mm-hmm. he actually uh, answered some questions from the audience that were kind of impromptu, unplanned, shouted, like, what about this? Um, and I think I think it was overall a very fun time, because it, they're mostly just lighthearted questions. Oh, the final question was, um, what do you remember uh, most about like, working with uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson? And he told this uh, 
endearing story of him at the White House taking a selfie, uh, and then he ended it with taking a selfie with all of us. All right. 608-785-7914 is the talking text slide. Spencer Wilkins in here with me. I'm going to bring on my friend Matt Drucker, who's a science teacher in Mayo, uh, there in, in Rochester in a minute. And then after that, Congressman Ron Kine. Now, in relation to the question that Matt had to ask his class, he requested that Tiffany be played. I think we're alone now. That's what's going on here. Let's, let's just listen to it. It's a, it's a jam of a song. Right, Matt? Is that true? That seems only fair. <laughs> and Matt, Matt often, on his way to school in the morning, will sing this just, in the car. Oh, real loudly. Just to pump him up for the, for the day. I, th- I think it's gonna uh, be featured on Stranger Things soon. <laughs> Six it's, it's a dream. It's a dream that I'll get there and be by myself. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> no school is canceled today. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four is the talk of text line. Matt Drucker is a professor. Are you a professor at Community no. Tech? No, 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 no. But well, you teach sure. at Rochester Community Tech, right? No, it's a, it's a high school program that uh, is at uh, at the Heinz Center. He oh. teaches physics, and that is that is right after my heart. Physics, oh. physics. <laughs> All right, but he teaches that, and he also well, he teaches at Mayo High School, physics and engineering, and you've been doing that almost a decade. And um, you went to the Bill Nye event along with Spencer here, who's in studio with me, Matt. Uh, I, let's get your impressions from a physics, engineering, and and high, high school teacher's perspective. A high school teacher, I guess I don't know what grade. What, yes. Yeah, high school. Yes. That's what I thought. Sure. Um, yeah, what were your perspective? What was your uh, takeaway from Bill Nye at Winona State? Honestly, it was just cool to see Bill Nye. Like he is just a great. I mean, he inspired lots of us. So it's very cool just to see our our, our person. You know, now Spencer's Spencer's like early, what are you twenty twenty four twenty four and Matt? I think you're mid thirties. Ah, forty. Did you hit forty? Okay, so yep. Was was Bill Nye? I don't remember this, and maybe it's just because I wasn't a. I might not have been a science. Was Bill Nye the height? Was he at his height when you were in impressionable, like seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth grader? I don't yeah, feel Bill like, Nye the science. If I remember right from last night, you said Bill Nye the science guy show was the early to late nineties kind of. So yeah, right, right in my high school time, yeah. right there. Do okay, you so. use Do you use Bill Nye clips in your classroom? Once in a while. Yeah, yeah, they're they're great. You know, they they're exciting and they're fun. Um, they start to get a little dated these days, but not too bad. <laughs> well, what you just got to do is you just copy them and make them your own. You pretend you're Bill Nye, and that's what you do. In Channel class. your inner Bill Nye. Yeah, definitely. I don't know. That's I mean, as a as a teacher, and and Spencer, you work with you know you work with kids all the time through the UWL. Um, you probably watch what he does and go, wow, this really works. I mean, he was ninety two to ninety eight. He was at his at his height on mm-hmm. on TV. So. Um, you might just watch what he does and then kind of emulate that, right, Matt? It's just his energy is great. I mean, in those shows, especially the kids, that, that's what it is. You know, he's so he just, he's excited, and you know, when we're excited, the kids pick up on that too. Is it hard to do that with a full redheaded beard? It's a draw. The beard really is. You're more like Bird on uh, Big Bang Theory, I think. The geologist. I don't know. I don't know if you watch that show. Uh, I can't think of that particular character. <laughs> He's a big right. redheaded bearded guy. Um, all right, so uh, we we had you ask your class today two things that Bill had asked you. Spencer, what were the two questions that Bill kind of asked the audience? So Bill was actually asked, like, what inspires him? Why does he do physics? And I think he shared two questions that inspire almost all scientists. The first being, are we alone? Oh, actually, why are we here? And the second being, are we alone? So, 
um, I guess, Matt, if you had a chance, have you ever asked these questions to your class? I, I did today, uh, kind of in preparation. I, the kids were interested in them. They thought they were cool questions. But they're, I mean, they're hard questions for adults. They're super hard questions for teenagers. <laughs> oh, yeah, I can th- like, yeah. imagine. Well, did you get any uh, creative answers? Yeah, the, yeah, the uh, um, are we alone one, I think a lot, I think at this point most of the kids don't think so. I think, as, as you know, as we find out more about how big the universe is, even, you know, teenagers figure out that that's, it's a pretty crazy idea that we would be all alone. I think there's actually been a noticeable shift in the perception of that question. I mean, if you mm-hmm. look back at really old sci-fi uh, novels by, like, Asimov and Philip K. Dick, the tone of the reviews is just different. I think people were more likely to think we were alone than they I, were now. I mean, back in, w- when was the, the radio show War of the Worlds? I mean, there was a there was a point where, oh, my God, they're actually invading. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so are are we alone... That one's a, that one's an easy question to I, answer because space is so vast and there are uh, we, there's the the math in it is that mm-hmm. we're not alone. I mean, well, Drake's equation, right. right? Like there's a there's actually a fun equation entirely based on that question. Also, a terrible question. I can't believe Bill Nye would would bring up or you would this. These are yes no questions. As a journalist, you guys got to ask better questions. It can't be yes <laughs> no. Why do you think we're not alone or something like that? But mm-hmm. then you're presuming that the answer is uh, no, we're not alone. Um, the better the better question. Why are we here? Um, that one's that one's almost impossible to answer. <laughs> You're like, why are we here? Well, because I get I, it's an hour show, and if I'm not here, then nobody does know. But why are we here? Like, what? I mean, you could take it so many different ways. But mm-hmm. what what is the connotation, Spencer? Of why are we here? Uh, so my interpretation. He he actually did asterisk his own question with uh, the things like, where did we come from? Like, why are we here? Being like, what forces? generated our presence on earth uh, and that question is incredibly active research um it's like there's a really big news story just came out about protein folding a, a software system that can do protein folding that is at its very core like scientists trying to discover what made dna and rna so and, not a double meat burrito at chipotle protein <laughs> no no nope. that's not what that is um, so but why are we here if you really step back it, that's a tough question all right, what are what are high schoolers saying, Matt? When you when you bring up why are we here? What kind of answers are you getting? Not a lot. That was a, that was a lot harder one. Uh, I mean, a few of the a few of them brought up religion. Yep. You know, they, they like they commented, um, but a lot of the others were just just there were a couple said chance, uh, but after that they kind of got stumped pretty quick. I mean, there's it's there's a tough question. Yeah, there's a, a spiritual answer to this, or, or maybe or or there's like the physical. You could go into the science of. The, well, I just said the show, but the Big Bang, like, why are we here? Well, life on Earth started when this, I don't know, and I don't know the answer to that. Like, technically, there's a scientific answer to this one, too, right, Spence? Uh, I mean, there is a, a leading theory as to where we came from, uh, and, I mean, I mean, they're looking at asteroids now carrying the nucleotides necessary for life, and this, the... Um, requirements of a system to sustain like rna right so there's rna world hypothesis this is very very new physics um and biology biophysics that they're looking at to see did life just have the perfect conditions to be put together and then begin interacting with an environment and then go from there um the rna world hypothesis is one of those that rna came first um it's one of those things should i put matt in this position with two minutes left before we go to break (laughs) 
Matt, why are we here? Like, you have two minutes. Like, last time, Spencer, you were on with us, I asked you to... <laughs> Explain the Nobel Prize in physics? Yeah, but what was the, what was the like, if, if it's quantum not... Quantum entanglement. Yeah, quantum physics, essentially. <laughs> like, Matt, can you, can, you, can you break down quantum entanglement for me in a minute and a half? Wow, I sure can't. <laughs> I don't, if, you want, if you want me to answer the question personally, I think it's uh, I think we're I think it's chance. I think we're here, and it's I, I mean it's not maybe the maybe the funnest answer, but you know we got to enjoy what we what we the time we have. But it's we're here by chance, and so why not be excited about that? Um, as a as a another science uh, nerd, I almost said geek again, but Matt, what were your big takeaways from what Bill had to had to talk about? Um, his big thing, I think, throughout the whole speech was was telling those uh, directed at the college students and getting them to you know uh, participate and be part of the part of the you know dialogue and get them uh, involved in making changes in the world. His his big takeaway was they can go to tell them to go change the world. Was there any any surprises where you're like, wow, I didn't know, I didn't think he was going to be this, or I thought I you know, or or he talked about this and I didn't I didn't expect that. He was just a really good speaker, and it was really great to hear him. And you know, having having been my kind of my idol for a long time, it was just great to see him. Was it? Uh, did it harken back to your? I think you went to Winona State. Your Winona State days when the men's basketball team was winning national titles and the gym was full. <laughs> it was. It was packed. That's true. That's fair. <laughs> All right, 608-785-7914. That's Matt Drucker. He's a physics and engineering teacher at Mayo High School. Thanks a lot, Matt. Thanks, Rick. All right, Spence. You got any last words before we let you go? I had a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, all right. When we come back, at some point, Ron Kind, you know, he said he was going to call me at quarter two, but maybe he'll call me. I said, if you can call a little earlier than that, uh, hopefully you can. Thanks, Ron. Uh, so we'll see. But when we come back, Ron Kind, uh, U.S. House rep, retiring after 26 years in Congress, retiring after this. Comes oh, there we go. You know what happens sometimes, and I haven't, I haven't looked, Spencer, is you get a thousand emails a day, and I just assume, I've, I've gotten multiple emails, like, oh, can Ron call it this time, can Ron call it that time, so I'm looking now to see if I got another email. Only a thousand? Yeah, only a thousand. Look, at, like The problem is I get the, the Wisconsin Department of Transportation sends me accident <laughs> uh like the when the when the state patrol gets an accident and I and I just did like from Eau Claire to Madison and like everything in between. Mm-hmm. So every time like traffic stopped Including on, Madison? On, the, on the interstate. Like the yeah, the surrounding area of Madison. So I would say a good portion of the emails that I get during the day, especially on the weekend and at nighttime, are from the Wisconsin DOT. Just, hey, traffic has stopped, and then traffic has started again. There's no details a lot on the accident, unless it's a unless it's somebody that got an, an OWI or DW. I don't remember what Wisconsin calls it. Minnesota calls it driving under the influence, essentially. Um, those, if it's multiple, they give me a little bit of detail. Like, this person was stopped for their seventh OWI, and then it's like, Ooh. hmm, Interesting. In um, Wisconsin, yeah, that's an average. <laughs> yeah, well, it's there was yeah there was a story a couple of years ago. I think it was like fourteen or seventeen. This person had that many OWIs, and at that point, I don't I don't know what we're doing. As, a, as I think, you remember those like car toys that you got to drive as like a kid, like the Barbie Jeeps that people. I think they get that. That's I all re- they get. Okay, I I don't I didn't do a whole lot of Barbie Jeep driving. <laughs> 
but I know <laughs> what what you mean? know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, that's what they well, get. When you live in the Number country, seven, that's your award. When you live in the country and your dad is a essentially a mechanic, he was a millwright, but essentially a mechanic, you you don't drive Barbie Jeeps, you just drive forklifts <laughs> and tractors. Yes. And go karts and four wheelers, and then we had a lot of land. So I was, I, me and my little brother had a, an actual race, not an actual racetrack, but we made a racetrack in the lawn because we had acres and acres. And I would ride my moped, and he would ride the go kart, and we would race around the yard and just tear up the, you know, there was literally tracks in mm-hmm. the grass. And uh, I have like permanent burn marks from crashing the moped and landing on the muffler. Um, good times, good times. That's very Midwestern. I love it. <laughs> So I wanted, and you you could probably speak to this a little bit, but I want to, when, when Ron calls in, and um, I want to ask him about daylight savings time. And I asked Brad Finstad, he's my U.S. House rep yesterday. He's a Republican in the Minnesota's first congressional district. And he, he, he did say, hey, this is, a, this is an area where the left and the right can come together and maybe work something out. Because the Senate a year ago, people forget this, the Senate a year ago accidentally passed daylight savings time. As we turn our clocks back, I think, what, Saturday night? So we, we gain an hour of sleep, I think that's how it works this weekend. But we lose an hour of daylight at mm-hmm. night, I guess is the way to say it. Because we, we, the other way, we lose an hour of daylight in the morning. Um, so, you know, when, you, when you, you're hanging out on Sunday, all of a sudden it's going to be dark at like 5, 15. And eventually it'll be in the winter and it'll be dark at 4.30. And I, I do not want it to be dark at 4.30. And here, Ron's calling in. I, ble- I believe, Ron, hello. Hey, it is Rick. How you doing, man? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Good to hook up with you. Yeah, you, are you bumming around lacrosse today? You were here this morning, and then I did am, you... I am literally calling from Platteville right now. We're, okay. We're uh, doing some last-minute campaigning with Brad Paff and uh, calling in from Platteville. We're down here uh, with some meetings. Are you going to come back Friday and hang out with Bernie? Yeah, I heard Bernie's uh, in the area. He's doing a sweep through the uh, through the district. Now I'm going to be hanging with Brad, and we got some more running around <laughs> to do in, uh, in the district. It's nonstop now until uh, the end of Tuesday. You oh, know. Yeah. Okay. So I want I want to talk about that a little bit, but before we do that, um, and I have a Spencer. She's the UW Lacrosse Outreach Specialist here in studio with me. We were just talking about Bill Nye was at Winona State a couple of days ago, so she was talking about that. But right before you okay. came on, I was talking about how daylight savings. We flipped the clocks Saturday night, Sunday morning, however you want to describe that. The Senate passed this a year ago, Ron, and the House doesn't – it's sitting on somewhere. It's sitting – this this bill is sitting in the House chamber somewhere where we get the Sunshine Protection Act. Are we going to see any movement on that before the – your term is up, before you retire? (laughs) No. Hey, listen, that's my number one priority. Let's fix that. (laughs) People don't have to – lose or gain an hour of sleep and just keep it steady and constant you know the economic benefit i think is pretty negligible the justification for it uh and it would just be nice for all of us to be on the same page and the same clock for a change you know yeah but you have the you have the power to do that it's not is, a is high it... priority item with rising prices inflation you know energy issues that we're facing those are kind of taking priority these days all right so we're not going to so we're going to continue to do the thing that you just said we don't want to do well, for the immediate future, but uh, at least the Senate's moved, and the discussion is there, and we're getting feedback from people. If they want to just hold it steady for throughout the year, then uh, so be it. Well, I mean, the Senate passed it accidentally because Tom Cotton didn't go, because he blamed his assistant 
to not reminding him to go and oppose it. I know <laughs> so, how it works. So he had the wrong time. Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> yeah, he was on. He was yeah, on. Don't ask me to explain how the Senate operates. I yeah, I've been there for a while. I still can't figure out. Well, me, me and Tregovsky might try to do that tomorrow. Uh, but but okay. So <laughs> so it sounds like it's not going to happen. We're not going to we're not going to make daylight savings time permanent. So it'll be dark at four thirty uh, all winter for us. Um, all right. Well, so, listen, we, we, we still have a budget to pass in the middle of December, and things do get included in a major bill like that. So the fact that the Senate has moved, if there's enough support in the House to uh, to put that in, I mean, it's not beyond the realm of possibility. You, you never know. Have you met Brad Finstad, the, the, the rep over in my district in Minnesota? Uh, yeah, on a couple of occasions. He sure. he yep. is uh, he won a special election in 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 uh, in August, so he's the Minnesota first. Yeah, Minnesota first won in the southern um, southern part of Minnesota. Well, I had Brad on yesterday, real quick, and he said, uh, "Yeah, this is like talk to Ron. This is a place where the left and the right can come together, meet in the middle." He Brad's all for it. Brad's all for uh, <laughs> passing this thing. So well, we got two. I'm all for compromise. I'm all for finding common ground. I mean, we need more of that. And. It's one of the reasons why I'm, I'm, I'm with Brad Papp today, because I think you make that type of representative, someone who work hard to find common ground and put people over politics every time. That's, we need more of that in Washington and, and it, quite frankly, in Madison these days. Yeah, I can have I could, I bet Brad Paff would come on my show literally every day of the week. I can't get Derek Van Orden to email me back when he will just be in the county because he toured the county, I believe, either on Halloween or the day after. But the email that he says he's touring the county comes out literally when he's touring the county, so we can't. We can't do anything there. Um, well, listen, uh, you know, two years ago when he ran against me, I, I debated him because I'm respectful enough to the people in the 3rd Congressional District where they should hear from those running for office and hear their viewpoints and be asked pointed questions. And Derek Van Orden, how he's treating the people back home by refusing to debate, refusing to appear in public, to take any questions from anyone, including from you local reporters, is very disrespectful of the people in this Congressional District. You know, Brad's been willing to... On his terms, on Van Orden's terms, meet public forum or any type of debate format. And instead, Van Orden's running this bunker campaign, avoiding any questions or uh, any appearance in public. And, and that's not the way our democracy should be functioning. But it's also not a surprise, because he does believe that politics is a blood sport, that all you have to do is attack your opponent and create division and carnage, rather than, as you said, Rick, find that common ground to get things done on behalf of people back home. So I'm just shocked and amazed that he's behaving that way, and it's not the conduct you would want in, in any representative uh, representing ourselves. Well, and it's it's not like it's not a show that I love to do because I don't I don't want to have you on here and then just bash Derek Van Orden the whole time because it doesn't right. actually accomplish anything. Um, so you have you have a couple of months left here, uh, less than two months left in Congress. Is you, you talked about getting a budget passed. Um, and then, you know, in your obviously you were at a campaign event today, uh, you know, endorsing it, re-endorsing, I guess, Brad Path to take your seat after yep. 26 years. But what 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 are the big things that that need to get done that actually maybe can get done before you retire here, Ron? Well, listen, we're still focused on rising prices and inflation. We do have a plan, Rick. The other side, all they have is grievance. They have complaints. They have finger pointing. They're trying to stir up anger, but they have no plan to address the economy and the inflationary prices we see out there, other than, uh, you know, more tax breaks for the most wealthy and the most well-connected. That's all they've got. That trickle-down economics hasn't worked in the past. It won't address the rising prices people are facing on right now. And yet right now we're trying to implement a diversified energy plan so that we're not dependent on countries like Russia and Iran and Saudi Arabia and Venezuela 
in the oil markets and seeing what's happening with that, with Ukraine invasion. And also we're implementing now price negotiation for prescription drugs. Seniors on Medicare are going to get a better price that's going to be passed on to them for the prescription meds that they need, as well as the energy-saving, energy-efficiency measures uh, that we've enacted right now that we're implementing. The infrastructure bill, uh, to rebuild Wisconsin, rebuild America the way it should with the good-paying jobs that come from it. All this lays the groundwork for the economic growth that we need, plus the inflationary checks that people need in their daily lives. But one thing I'd like to do that we haven't accomplished yet is uh, uh, pass an expanded child tax credit for the 210,000 families in this congressional district that would benefit from a little bit more money in the family budget who have children, given the inflationary pressures, as well as affordable uh, uh, child care, which is a huge issue not to mention affordable housing, which is a big issue in any community that you're in. So those are three big items that I'd love to see get worked into the final year budget that would bring immediate and real relief uh, to families who need it uh, right now. And we got to build support for that. We're speaking with Congressman Ron Kine. Uh, Ron, the, in, I believe in June or July, the, the free lunch program the, the feds had enacted ended and it was it was done by some budgetary thing that that had it, you could bypass Congress that like they only get one or two per whatever. Um, Congress would have to to pass this again. Is that part of the plan? Is a you know free free school lunch for for kids? Yeah, I would like to see that continued because there are a lot of lower income families, children that need that. They lack food security in their lives. And listen, it's impossible to teach a child in the classroom if they're hungry, if their stomach is rumbling all the time. And that's just a basic necessity. It's hard to develop a healthy mind without a healthy body. And that starts with good nutrition and having access to food in the classroom. So it makes sense. It works. It's not that expensive. It's something that we ought to work on to get included in the budget. And and by the way, Rick, find a way to pay for all this so it's not deficit financing. We've been clear on the bills that we have been passing, whether it's the infrastructure bill, the CHIP Act, so we can manufacture microchips in this country again, the inflationary reduction measures, all that has been paid for. So it doesn't add to the deficit. Uh, how refreshing is that, again, that, you, that you've got a party that's interested in fiscal responsibility rather than just adding more debt on the uh, government credit card? All right. So when when you say a lot of this stuff is passed, it goes, I don't know, we won't talk about the Senate, but if the House flips, you retire, let's say, and the, and the House flips, um, how many Republicans right now are voting for stuff like that to, to pass uh, you know, child tax credit, uh, child care relief, you know, the things you, you just reiterated. Zero. Uh, unfortunately, they're not supporting it. They, again, they don't have a plan. They don't have a response to the inflationary pressures or, or the type of measures that could bring relief to people in their paychecks and in their pocketbooks uh, right now. It's other than uh, they're tried and true tax breaks for the most wealthy and the well-connected and the powerful and hope that somehow trickles down to average families back home here it's a failed economic vision and yet that's all they've got i said why you're not seeing in any of their ads any practical solutions to what ails our economy and the inflationary costs that we're facing right now other than you know blame and finger pointing and, and trying to get people angry well ron you know, te- that's not a vision that's te- just a campaign strategy technically Repo- republicans didn't say how fast the trickle would take so we might see this trickle from the <laughs> 80s from the reagan 80s era uh, eventually here. I mean, maybe it's a 50-year trickle run. Yeah. Well, let me give you an example, Rick. I mean, the windfall profits that oil companies are taking right now are absolutely outrageous. They are laughing to the bank on the back of us consumers at the gas pump, and they're using that money, 
that is a free-fall for them right now because of the price gouging for stock buybacks and for dividend distribution. They're taking care of their CEOs. They're taking care of the shareholders of those companies, but they're not taking care of the American consumer, where they could be investing more in energy production. they got a green light to do that, or price relief at the pump, and instead they're raking in these windfall wartime profits and using it for share buybacks and for dividend distribution. And that's something else Democrats are trying to address and get at, but Republicans are fighting all that and allowing these oil companies uh, uh, to get away with it. So I actually I want to jump in with a question. There is a lot. There's a lot to process in, in the challenges that you've been facing for your entire career as a politician. And I guess my question is, from a person who really doesn't do politics too much, is, is there something in the like traditional Republican platform that you agree with, that you're like, I, I think we're on the same page? Daylight savings. Other yeah, than daylight know, savings? One of my prouder achievements as a member of Congress is my ability to reach across the aisle, to form friendships with my Republican colleagues. I've been ranked as one of the most bipartisan members with issues that I've been focusing on. One specifically I would mention is trying to gain more support for rural health care providers. That does tend to cr- cut across partisan lines, and there, there's a good coalition to be had there. Uh, and we need more of that. Uh, these days. And again, it's one of the reasons I'm, I'm backing Brad Pack because he will put people over politics every time. He'll work as hard as I have in forming those uh, coalitions, trying to work in a bipartisan. He doesn't believe compromise is a four-letter word, and you need that for a democracy to function. But unfortunately, too many people running for office or in office right now, they just think politics is, is a blood sport, where all you need to do is attack your opponent. And you, they view the other side not as reasonable people that you can disagree with and debate and have a different opinion about, but the enemy that needs to be destroyed. And this is very dangerous for our democracy, just how polarized and how tribal things have gotten. And, and again, you take a look at the campaign that Derek Van Orden waged against me two years ago, and what he's doing this time. It's all about blood sport and attack politics and dividing people. And we have enough of that already in Washington, and, and we saw the manifestation of that on January 6th with the mob and the attack on our nation's capital. And Van Orden was there on the wall directing other insurrectionists where they need to be that day. To me, that's a huge disqualifier uh, for anyone running for office. All right, Ron, yes or no, the the House, before I let you go, i got to let you go. The House already passed a, a bill to kind of rein in some of the corporate profit windfalls while they, you know, raise prices for no reason. Yes, we did. Under the Inflation Reduction Act, one of the ways we're paying for that, so we're not adding to the deficit, is asking these multi-billion dollar corporations who haven't been paying any federal income tax, not one cent, just to pay their fair share. Given what average families have to pay, it's the right thing to do, and it's an appropriate pay for for some of the other priorities that we have as a country. So we have moved forward on that, and we're implementing it. And I think it's only fair. These big corporations benefit from uh, a lot of the good things that they enjoy uh, in this country, they ought to be asked to contribute a little bit, too. And that's what we're doing under under that bill. All right. That's U.S. House Rep. Ron Kine. Thanks a lot, Ron. Thanks, guys. Happy to do it. All right. That's all the time I have. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll do it again tomorrow with UW Lacrosse political science professor Dr. Anthony Tregoski.